Does your soul call for a life overseas? Is your mind curious about traveling abroad for professional or life-changing experiences? Or you just have a tingling sensation of experiencing the unknown? Hello world, this is Joshua Best, your host of Why We Travel, the podcast where we take a deep dive into exactly that, the motivations behind why we travel and the stories behind it. Today, you're listening to Season 1, Episode 6, Why We Heal, a female traveler's manifesto featuring Kimberly Baca, who is a certified mindset coach and master NLP practitioner. After growing up in South Africa, she would eventually find herself in the corporate hustle and bustle of New York City before living out her best digital nomad life in Thailand. Now, what brought me to interview Kimberly was the fact that she's the founder of the Facebook group Sticking It Out in Thailand. Back in 2020, when the pandemic shut down international travel and consequently shut down the travel company I was working for at the time, I was laid off while in Bangkok and I had an important decision to make, go home or stick it out in Thailand. I had only planned to be in Bangkok for two weeks, but COVID turned that plan to me living in Thailand for the next two years. The community she created helped me and many other foreigners stay up to date with vital information. I was also curious to hear her perspective as a solo female traveler. And while we did touch on those points, as often happens with these interviews, the conversation evolved into a treasure chest of impromptu wisdom as she spoke in depth about healing, especially as it pertains to travel. Hey, how's it going? Kimberly, how are you doing today? Hi, I'm good and you? Yeah, pretty good. Do you mind introducing yourself for the people watching or listening? Perfect. So I'm Kimberly. I am a manifestation coach and I'm currently living in Thailand. Uh, I used to live in the south on a beautiful island called Copenhagen, and I've just recently moved to Chiang Mai. Whether or not that's permanent, I'm not sure, but I absolutely love it here, and I love meeting all the other digital nomads. So, yep, that's me. Oh, awesome, cool. <laughs> and then, so I remember uh, back when the pandemic started, a lot of us had to make these decisions, right? Whether it was our jobs or the governments, or probably both. They were saying you have to make a decision. Either you need to like be somewhere where you want to hanker down for a while. Or you got to go back home, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I remember many people in Thailand, I was like, I'm just going to stick it out here. Uh, and then so that really showed me the importance of community. And yeah. then I was really grateful for the Facebook group you started, which was uh, sticking it out in Thailand. Uh -huh, yeah, uh -huh. you mind uh, talking about that and just, you know, giving your perspective on it? Yeah, for sure. Well, I would love to say that I did that, made that group out of the goodness of my heart, but I actually just was, it was a very selfish reason. <laughs> uh -huh. I did it purely for myself because I was in Phuket at the time. And yeah, they had kind of all these notifications that everyone had to go home. And originally I was in Cambodia and I thought to myself, if I'm going to hunker down somewhere, I wanted to be in Thailand. And I flew to Phuket and I'd been to Phuket before. And when I landed there, it was an absolute ghost town. And I started getting really worried that I'm not going to meet anyone. And so I was on a couple of the backpacking groups, you know, asking, is anyone going to be staying in Thailand? And I was getting verbally abused by people oh, wow. telling me that I'm a brat and I need to go home and am I stopping so selfish? And I thought to myself, okay, there's got to be some people who are staying. And I'm walking through the streets of Phuket and I'm like, I'm going to make a Facebook group. I just want to meet two or three friends. Created this Facebook group as I'm walking and 50 people joined, like within five minutes, 50 people joined. And so that's really where it took off is um, within that group, I started chatting with people and I met a really nice group online that said that I must go quarantine with them in Colanta. And so that's where I spent all my time and the group just like grew and grew and grew. And it really did become kind of the safe haven for everybody who didn't 
No, there was so much uncertainty during that time, as you know, it really just became that safe haven for people to communicate and create that sense of community. Yeah, that's, that's actually, I mean, I, th- I feel like that's like a powerful version of manifestation in itself, right? You're like, you know, I'm just going to create my own reality. Th- these people are discouraging, but I'm just going to put it out there. And now like, there's like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and there's like thousands of people in that group now, too, right? Yeah, yeah. I think we're on like 2,500 now. And I mean, it's still growing, even though those days are long gone. <laughs> right. And did you imagine it to t- be able to take off like that? No, no, not at all. As I said, I thought it would be a group with like 10 people. And you know, during the p- pandemic, I almost felt like I've experienced this mini version of fame because people that I never <laughs> met before were coming up to me. They're like, oh my God, you're the girl from sticking out in Thailand. They'd call their friends over. They'd be like, she's the girl. She's the girl. I'm like, guys, whoa, right. I want all this attention. But, uh, but for that exact reason, people really craved that sense of community during that time. And that was was their kind of vice for that. And so that said, like, you know, so you're a solo female traveler. And I know, for example, like information, safety, security, I mean, for all travelers, but then especially uh, for women traveling alone, you know, I think oftentimes, or at least I know myself, we say, you could find your community this way. So it's almost like, present another option of creating your own community. Yeah, exactly. Um, But then just in terms of your journey, so I understand you had a corporate job before, then you decided to try the travel thing. You, you know, I'm curious how that started out. Yeah. So uh, before I quit my job to travel, I'd been working in New York City at a corporate job for seven years. Um, anyone who knows New York City, it's a crazy city and it's amazing to visit and it's got an amazing energy, but seven years can be quite draining. And I just got to the point where the job was stressful. I wasn't even enjoying the city because it, I was just stressed all the time. The weekends came, I was exhausted. And I, I just asked myself all the time, is this all there is to life? And I actually took my first solo trip the year before in 2018 to Sevilla in Spain. And I just fell so much in love with the city and just this feeling of joy and inspiration and freedom. And I just felt it in my bones. I'm like, I, I cannot just save this for my, what, one month holidays that I can have once in an entire year. And that's generous for America, right? <laughs> right that's no, generous. Exactly. And and something just filled my soul where I'm like, I have to make this reality. And then that was the next year that I just decided to quit. And of course, you know, it comes with so many fears and questioning and what if it doesn't work out? And, you know, I was 35 at the time as well. So it was like, wow, I'm literally starting, I'll end up being starting my life over, you know, now I should have done this in my 20s. But once I just made the decision and here's manifestation coming in again, like once I made that decision and made those moves, everything just started falling into place, like in the craziest way that I would have never imagined before. And uh, yeah, so in 2019, I quit despite wanting to delay it a year. Had I delayed it a year, COVID would have completely screwed me over. And it's just the way it all worked out is just nothing short of a miracle, really. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like I never thought I would end up living in Thailand. And I'm so in love with the country. And the person that I've grown into is just someone I never would have imagined. And it would would have never happened had I stayed in that little box living in, in a, well, New York City is not a box, but like <laughs> right. sometimes the mentality of being in a, a corporate job and doing the nine to five and doing the thing that everyone else does, it does keep you a little bit in a box. Mm. And yeah, just escaping that really expanded my mind so much. So, and you're originally from South Africa, right? And then, so, I mean, I feel like that must have been a leap in itself. Like, you know, how does a South African woman, or like what motivated you at least? Uh, yeah. to go to New York. I was actually born in America. Oh, okay. I was born in Miami, <laughs> but right. I grew up, um, my family left the States when I was six. So I grew up in South Africa. So South Africa was all that I knew, but I did have the golden ticket passport. So I, I did always say to myself, 
you know, I really want to experience living in America and South Africa just got a bit boring for me. Same thing, you know, like everyone was kind of on the same path and I just felt it in my bones that I wanted more adventure than this. Mm. And I just was like, I want to live in New York City. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it big. I'd never been either. I'd never been to New York City and I'm like, I want to live there. So yeah, I I tend to make these kind of whimsical decisions and it was a shit ton harder than what I ever <laughs> thought when I got there. And when they say, if you make it in New York City, you can make it anyway. It's fucking true. <laughs> and you're making it now, you know. Yeah, I, exactly. I like to say, I mean, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it big. Oh for yeah, sure. for sure. And New York built up a lot of resilience for me. So it's really just helped me with my life as well. I truly believe that New York somehow breeds superhumans because it is, it's not as glamorous as what everyone makes. It's nothing like sex in the city, you guys. Seriously. <laughs> And then how did that resilience play into, oh, one, how did you, at what point did you decide to become a manifestation coach? And how do you think that resilience really has helped you in that journey? Mm-hmm. So it came to about 2021. Um, this was maybe about a year now since they closed the borders of Thailand. And I had just, I just felt like I felt a bit stuck in my life and I, I knew I needed some guidance in some way. So I actually hired a life coach to work with. And, you know, it was, it was super scary because I invested quite a lot of money that was coming out of my savings. I hadn't earned an income for like a year. And, um, she just guided me on such an incredible path. And I had grown and changed so much in three months and learned so much about myself. And um, sorry, just to add before that, I had dabbled in a few things to kind of learn to make money online because I knew I wanted to do my own thing. I tried the Amazon FBA. I did a course on that. I tried to learn cryptocurrency, all of this, but nothing was lighting me up. Everything just felt like it was going to be a means to an end or to make money for now. And I was looking for something, you know, at 36 now, I didn't want something that would just make me money for now. I wanted something more long-term and something that really lighted me up. So I actually started a personal development blog. That's how this whole personal development journey really went deep. And then when I started working with this life coach, she said to me, Kim, you're so good at what you do. Like you would really make an amazing coach. You should look into that. And I was like, no way. (laughs) Me, a coach? No way. Don't even, please don't even talk about this again. But then it started kind of ticking through my head. And then I started like working with people for free and, you know, doing the content. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is it. This is what lights my soul. And I can make money doing it. This is amazing. So. That's really how it all started. And it really just started. I didn't know how I wanted to coach people. I just knew I wanted to inspire people and help them realize their, their potential to like achieve great things. And then it started going more into the manifestation side. And now it's more into combining like somatic trauma healing and working with the subconscious mind and all that juicy stuff because right. manifestation is really the end result. There's a lot that you need to kind of work through before you get to that point where you're really able to like create your life however you want with this empowered mindset, but it's work to get there. It's not like people think manifestation is like, oh, I'll just sit on my couch and kind of dream about what I want. And then I'll open the door and it will all be there. No, that's not (laughs) how it works. I put it the other vision board. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And all of those things are great if it works for people and it inspires them, but like, it's not going to work on its own. Like you definitely need to go deeper. And so that's really the work that I do is the deeper stuff, the deeper healing and subconscious reprogramming and NLP and all of that. (laughs) And then so I know, so in case anyone's listening and then like their ears perked up or like suddenly got curious, like maybe I'm interested in that. So I know you just listed a number of different modalities, but uh, do you mind maybe going deeper into a couple of them on like, you know, what they are and why they're important and how they're beneficial they are? Yeah, for sure. I can talk about my two most favorite ones. And the first one is NLP. I don't know if you've heard of that. It's neuro-linguistic programming. You got it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So this is basically this communication model 
where these two guys studied all these really successful um, people and studied the, their behaviors, their actions, their minds, and kind of created this whole model based on that. So it's super interesting and it brings a lot into our, a lot of work into our conscious mind and our subconscious mind. And so our subconscious mind really is what controls everything we do, 95% of our thoughts, but it's automatic and autopilot. So when people are kind of just living their lives and letting things happen to them and kind of not being proactive with anything, they're, they're letting their subconscious mind rule their lives. And the subconscious mind is where all of our limiting beliefs, conditionings, you know, the things that are making us small, that's where everything lives. And so when you're not reprogramming that into something more empowering, you're kind of still living out of these paradigms that you were taught when you were a little baby. That's when between the ages of zero and seven, that's when we actually absorb everything. And so this is what people don't understand is like, if you don't do any of the work on that, your inner workings, right. you're living out of childhood programming still, whatever your parents taught you and their parents, parents and their parents, parents. And we all know how much the generations have changed, right? Especially now with technology, how everything's moving at lightning pace. So NLP in, in short is the inner workings of your mind and everything about that. And I um, actually studied that in Bangkok with a company called oh. Coachology. And they were so amazing. I did two um, rounds with them so that I got my master NLP and it changed my life. So that was just like everything that I do also changes me. And that's why I love this work so much because I'm on the same journey myself. Mm. Um, so that's NLP. And then the somatic healing is pretty much working with your nervous system because trauma, which a lot of people don't understand, is not something that lives in our mind. It's something that lives in our body and in our nervous system. So when you're constantly being triggered, when you're emotionally reactive, when you're asking yourself questions like, why am I like this? Why am I doing this? I don't understand this. There's often like unhealed trauma that needs the work. And so the somatic therapy works with your body and your nervous system instead of that conscious thing, you know, like mind over matter. That doesn't work for everyone. It doesn't work for most people. And if it does, it's a very short term solution. Mm. Yeah, I think a, a common misconception is that, oh, uh, like, you know, trauma is just for, you know, like war vets or people that went to just very dire experiences in life. But uh, would you agree that, you know, we all have trauma to some degree to work on? 100%. And I think this misconception is really holding back society as a whole to work on our healing because, as you said, everybody seems to think that it's this massive thing. You know, you either had to come from like an incredibly severely abusive home or like abandoned, you know, left on the side of the street or like coming from a war-torn country. But, you know, things like your parents going through a divorce at a very young age when you were too young to understand between the ages of zero and seven, you're literally just absorbing everything. You haven't developed critical thinking. So when your parents are fighting, when your parents are ignoring you because they don't have the emotional capacity to deal with themselves as a couple, let alone deal with you, mm. you're feeling ignored, you're feeling abandoned, you're feeling rejected. And that's all your mind is understanding at that age. And so you bring this into your adulthood and you know, you're fearing rejection and abandonment and you have no idea why. And so this is the thing, like whenever people are not going back to their childhood enough and realizing that those so-called insignificant things have caused trauma within their body. And that's what they're kind of living out of in, in their adult life now. Mm. Okay. And then, you know, as we're talking about, I guess, just healing in general, I remember, so one company previously worked for a remote year, something we'd often say is like, you're, if you're on this journey, especially like if you're traveling to a new country every month for a year, we also say, you know, you're either running from something or running towards something, mm -hmm. you know? So like, what do you think is the correlation between, you know, I guess healing and travel, I guess, quite simply. 
Yeah, so this is a, a very interesting topic that I've thought about a lot for myself, especially because of, you know, the people that I met on my trip. And, you know, when you're staying in hostels and stuff, you know how it is. It's partying, <laughs> drinking, yeah. and it's like, it's all good. It's all good and well, and it's all fun. But like how much of this behavior is really just numbing? And I truly met a lot of people that had clearly lost their path in life. And, you know, when, you, when you're staying in hostels and you're meeting all these people, so many people end up feeling the sense of belonging that they've never felt in their lives before, but then they just get too sucked into like the partying and the drinking and all of that. And, you know, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I, I do it and I did it myself and I loved it, but it's like, it's the intention behind it. You know, are you doing it to have fun or are you doing it to run away from something, as you said? Mm. And especially in my experience, the, the beginning part of my travels, I was doing Europe and, you know, Europe is like fast travel because the cities are small. So it's changing every three days. And it was really only once I got locked down in Thailand and I had to sit with myself that I was like, oh, wow, I have a lot of shit to heal <laughs> <laughs> because travel can be a distraction. And if you're going, you know, to the mountains of Nepal and going trekking, you know, that's a very different travel experience versus going to the south of Thailand and going to every island and getting wasted, you know, you're going to have very different outcomes. And again, it's all about the intention. Intention yeah. is everything. So depending also why you're traveling, you know, that will answer your question or anyone who's wondering why they're traveling, ask yourself that. Mm. And then do you have any words of advice for people that whether they're currently on the journey or like want to preemptively help themselves, like find that balance between the both? On a, on a healing journey. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, okay, I'm going to travel. I'm going to be in these environments. But then at the same time, I want to stay grounded into, you know, my true intention. Yeah, I think the most important thing is to um, be able to sit with yourself. You know, when, when you have to be with people 24-7 and you can't just take that moment of stillness on your own, why is that? Like, why are you so afraid to be with yourself? And so if you have this opportunity to travel, you know, you have this opportunity to travel long term. You're not stuck at a desk. You're not like busy, busy with work. Now you've got this opportunity to like clear your mind and really focus on what, who, who are you? What do you want? Like, what is it that you don't like about yourself and how can you change? So I think really the basis of everything is being able to slow down one, mm -hmm. sit with yourself in silence and just start getting curious about yourself, mm. asking yourself these questions. Mm. And then, so then, you know, I think we did a lot of conversations on the internal world and just like preparing for that. And then uh, I think one of the things that I heard you said that when traveling alone, you said you actually haven't had any like terrible experiences. I think it's true. Yeah, I've been, I've been very lucky. Um, that being said, I, I do always choose countries based on their safety. You know, I really wanted to go to Colombia and then I heard all these stories and I was kind of scared. But I mean, that being said, I grew up in Johannesburg, which is like the most unsafe city in the world, I think in the top five. Right. Um, but I just, I don't miss that constant like vigilance of, you know, having to look over your shoulder. And even when I was in Spain, in Barcelona, they're crazy for pickpocketing there. Mm. And just having that feeling of always like having to hang, hang onto your bag. And that's why I love Thailand so much. There's mm. never any that kind of feeling. So I've been fortunate that I haven't run into any scary situations but um yeah also just sticking with people you mm. know being street smart i think i am very street smart from growing up in johannesburg so <laughs> right. yeah I, I didn't allow myself to kind of get into risky situations yeah. either johannesburg and new york you know so. exactly <laughs> too, yeah that being said i felt way felt way safer in new york than johannesburg oh really <laughs> for sure <laughs> and then so just now like uh overall just what would you say is the most rewarding part about your whole travel journey i would definitely say meeting myself 
meeting myself on such a deep level that I never even thought it was imaginable. Mm -hmm. And what that really means is just like really getting to know yourself. You know, everyone talks about self-love and this and that, but it's like no one really understands self-love because they don't really know themselves. And so we spend all this time meeting new people, getting to know them, getting to know what ticks for them. But like, well, do you even know that about yourself? True. So it was really, I had the time, I was fortunate enough to have this time and then take advantage and slow down and really starting to get to know myself, my needs, my desires, my values. And, and once you really start meeting yourself on that deeper level, then you start really knowing what you want. Because mm. most people are stuck, they don't know what they want. But it's like, if you don't know yourself, how are you going to know what you want? Think of yourself as your partner that you are in love with and treat them like that. Get to know them, you know, ask them questions. It's the same thing. We have to get to know ourselves just as we would a romantic partner. True. Okay. Appreciate it. And then yeah. so last thing is just like, so uh, for anyone that may want to get in touch with you about your coaching or otherwise, like how would they get in contact with you? Cool. So my main um, point of contact is my Instagram, which is ultimate freedom club okay. with an underscore. Um, and yeah, freedom in all senses is just really my, one of my deepest core values. So that's how that started. Um, you can also find me on Facebook, Kimberly Backer, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y <laughs> and last name's B-A-K-A. And so yeah, just pop me a message on any of those platforms and I can send you any details about what it is that you're interested in. I have a couple of programs going on at the moment, so I'd really be happy to welcome new people into my world. Oh, awesome. Actually, go ahead and plug the programs. If oh, you want. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> Um, well, the first one is um, just a short program. Well, short. It's a month long and it's called A Month of Manifesting. Mm. And the reason I introduced this program is because there is so much manifestation information out there and a lot of it is really confusing. You know, the stuff you see on TikTok and all of that. It's bullshit. <clears throat> <laughs> and so The Month of Manifesting really teaches you everything from the foundations of your mindset. And, you know, there's a lot of NLP stuff in there. And really how to create the foundations to create this empowered mindset to start creating the life of your dreams. Because that's where people get stuck is that they don't even believe it's possible for them. So this month of manifesting, um, we already started the next round, but the next round I've got starting in January. Um, so that's 30 days and it, it's in a group setting. And uh, yeah, it's just basically teaching you the basics, but not only teaching you, it's allow allows you the um, time to embody it as well. So like information is great, but if you're not integrating it into your life, it's, it's pretty useless. So this allows you to integrate it. Um, and then for anyone who wants to like really go deeper into the healing, I've got another group coaching program. This is for women called Becoming Her in January. And that's really just becoming the woman that you came here to be, you know, embodying all that confidence and, and juicy magnetism. And then if you really want to go deep, then I've got private coaching available. And that's, um, it's, it's limited to spots because it's very, very personalized pretty much me in your back pocket, like mm. getting up all up in your shit every time you need me. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's amazing because there's different levels to work with me at different price points. So yeah, if, if anyone's asking themselves, why am I like, like this? How do I change? I don't know where to go from here. I'm your girl. I can really help you with that. Perfect. And on that note, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. I really enjoyed pleasure. this conversation. <laughs> thank you. Take care. Thank you. Love this episode? Head over to your favorite podcast platform to subscribe rate and leave a review. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to join us next week for another amazing episode of Why We Travel.